You are listening to Work Human Radio, pioneered by Globoforce, bringing more humanity to today's workplaces. You are enjoying our special edition coverage recorded live from Phoenix, Arizona, and Work Human 17. And now, here are today's hosts. All right, good morning and welcome back to Work Human Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Joined by my friend and colleague, Rayanne Thorne, a good friend in the house now. I, I always enjoy our conversations uh, with Charlene. Uh, we always learn a lot. Always. Yes, I'm excited to have her here with us. We are um, on day two at the Work Human Conference, Phoenix Desert Ridge Resort and Spa. And so it's, spa. it's always a pleasure to be here with you, Todd, as well. And it's always good to be with you. And it's fun and a privilege for you and I to be a part of helping promote this movement that is yes. Work Human. Work and what an human. important role it is. It's, it's been fascinating to hear everybody's, I mean, you, you mention often, if you mention or say work human, you'll get 10 different answers from 10 different people. And that's actually what we're, we're discovering is everybody has a different definition. And I think each of those definitions, though, help us to highlight it a little bit better, a little bit more, bring it to the forefront of HR. Isn't that the whole point of the humanness of I all this? So, I mean, yes. that, that we're all different. We are we all different. We have a different approach and a different way of looking at things. The same things for every person. Right, we have to right. have to figure out a new way with each person. Well, let's get to our conversation. As I mentioned, we're joined by Charlene Lauby. She is the author of HR Bartender. She's been doing that for nine, nine years. years. I'm sure most people listening are very, very familiar with HR Bartender. Charlene, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is ours as always. So, Charlene, um, I'm quite certain most people listening are familiar with you, but just in case, take a quick minute and tell us a bit about you, your background, and what HR Bartender is all about. Okay, well, um, I'm an HR pro. That's where I grew up, um, primarily in the services-related industries. So I grew up in hotels, theme parks, and airlines. All industries where I think people make a difference. You know, if you think about the hotel industry, they all have beds and they all have restaurants and, you know, bars and things like that. But it's really the individuals that are working at that particular place that make you decide that you're going to go back there again. So For sure. Um, I think when we talk about the subject like work human, um, we're really talking about making um, the experience for employees at every level um, fantastic. But now I'm, I'm a consultant. I've been a consultant now for well over a decade, probably. Um, it's, it's my longest job to date. And um, I started writing HR Bartender about nine years ago. So tell us, let's, let's dive into HR Bartender. <clears throat> I am also a blogger. And um, it's really important to select the right name when you first start blogging. And uh, HR Bartender is very well known. You definitely have a readership that has built over the years. But how did, how did you come about selecting that name? It's an interesting name. Um, mine, mine is Latte, you know, so <laughs> we, we do pick maybe our favorite drink. I'm not sure. But tell us a little bit about HR Bartender. Well, it's kind of a funny story. Um, my business partner, um, who also happens to be my husband, um, has been, was nagging me for a really long time about writing an electronic newsletter as a way to market and communicate ah. with people. And so every time he would bring up this electronic newsletter, I would sort of wrinkle up my nose at the concept because I know what happens to electronic newsletters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a heart full of good intentions and they sit in our inbox and then, you know, 75 or 150 emails show up and we then turn around and say, delete, 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 delete. delete, delete." And I'm going to read the next one. And the same thing happens over and over again. So one night we're at a dinner and he says to me, you know, Charlene, you really need to start writing that electronic newsletter. (laughs) And I said, you know, I'm not going to, I just really don't want to do it. And he's like, well, you got to do something. So I said, well, I've been thinking I want to start a blog. And he's like, what do you know about blogging? And I'm like, absolutely nothing, but I'll figure it out. 
So dinner goes on a little, little bit longer, and he says, what do you want to call this blog? And I'm like, you're not going to like it. And he says, well, try me. And I said, I want to call it HR bartender because I always thought as an HR pro, people want me to act like a bartender. You know, that person that you can just come to and talk to. The managers that I've worked with in my career, they're not looking for me to scold them or police them. They wanted somebody that they could talk to and say, this is what I'm thinking. Does this work? Um, or they knew exactly what they needed to do, and they were looking for somebody to confirm that's the path you need to go in. And he's like, we're going home tonight. So my husband looks at me and he says, we're going home tonight. We're buying the domain name. And sure enough, we did, and that's how HR Bartender well, got started. The smart thing to do because domain names go like crazy, and that is a great domain name. So congratulations on nine years. Thank I you. asked you before the show, but I'd love for you to share what's, what's the secret to consistency when writing a blog, especially one that is serving an industry. I think that there's a correlation between being predictable, being a little bit predictable, and your, your readership. Um, so I had mentioned to you, my readers know what day HR bartender's going I to come know exactly out. exactly when. And I think that that's important to them. You know, if you want people to open it up, the email up, or go on RSS readers and read you, then they need to know what to expect. It was similar to this conference. You know, um, we can talk a little bit more about it later, but I've been here for three years, so I have this level of expectation when I come to WorkHuman of the kind of experience I'm going to get, and I look forward to it every single time I'm here. We get to do the same thing, you know. So HR bartender is, you know, that friendly face, and sure. you look forward to opening the, the email and reading it. Okay. So I, you made me think of something uh, when you're opening up and, walking us through your background that I want to actually explore with you a bit. Uh, as Rayan mentioned, we're at the JW Marriott Desert Ridge Hotel and Spa. And, and I, we've been here, what now, 48 hours yep. or so. And the experience at the hotel itself, working in the events is a whole different conversation. I'm talking about our experience here at the hotel is, for me, has been stellar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the, the staff here, the employees have been wonderful. Everyone I've walked by has said, good morning, sir. Hello, sir. Yep. Can I How get can you I anything? Help you? Right. That's not easy to do, and, and you talked about your experience in the kind of the, that that space, and, and any any advice and counsel you can share with with an organization listening to this who has frontline employees like that who are the face. I can forgive an uncomfortable bed if the staff are treating me like royalty. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so how, any advice on how you can kind of coach that and manage that and encourage that and, and hire for that? It's interesting from my HR perspective. I think if you take care of the employees, I think if you take care of the employees, the employees take care of the customers and the customers, like you said, have a stellar experience. Um, so I think it's really about teeing up where HR understands their role, managers understand that their role is to take care of employees who are going to go out there and take care of your customers for you. So as, as a consultant over the years, you've, you've gone in and done some HR consulting, gone into HR departments. Um, so I've had to deal with management on a certain level and managers. What, when, you, when you are doing this consulting, when you're actually evaluating and giving advice, is, is there a skill that, is, that you see most consistently missing? And how, you, how would you share with management, this is, you know, this is where I see you need to improve? I believe that one of the biggest roles the managers play in an organization is understanding that their job is to go out and hire and train their replacement. 
And the reason I don't think they know that though. <laughs> and and the reason I say that is because as a manager, you're not going to get to go out and do cool stuff if you do not have your house in order. So when someone becomes a manager, there needs to be this conversation with them that says, this is what your job is all about. It's going out there and finding talent and growing talent within the organization because when you do that, then you get to go off and do cool stuff, whether that's the training program that you want to attend, whether that's the CEO's pet project that they want you to be on because you can't get that. You know, you can't be assigned that committee, you, you know, because if you leave for 24 hours and your office falls apart, you won't get asked to do that kind of stuff again. And as soon as you realize that, that you need to go out there and hire and train your replacement, then um, the game changes for you. You know, when I am, hotels are famous for moving people. And it's a, it, when I grew up in the hotel industry, it was a concept called seeing the dirt. When you go to a place for the very first time, you see every mark on the carpet, you see every mark on the wall, you see every ding in the furniture, you have a fresh set of eyes. And at some point in time, you're gonna walk around and you'll, you'll not see the dirt anymore. Right. So you wanna keep that fresh perspective all the time. Well. Hotels used to move people around so that you always had that fresh perspective because you would always go to a new building. I moved from Cincinnati, Ohio to Fort Lauderdale and I decided when I moved to Fort Lauderdale, I did not want to move anymore. I started following my father-in-law's advice of um, live where you want to live and then go find a job there. Well, so when I moved to Fort Lauderdale, I said, I'm not going to move anymore. But that posed an issue for me because I worked in the hospitality industry, an industry where you would move on a regular basis. So I decided that my role wasn't for me to move. It was to bring people into the organization and teach them how to become a director of human resources, which was my job. And then they could go move. They could go. So you knew when you got hired into my HR department my goal was to make you a director of HR. Which meant they couldn't stay because that was your job. That, that was my job. <laughs> but the point is that it made me realize that my role was to always be hiring and training my replacement. Because I could go off and do cool stuff then. Right. And you are. And I am. I love the concept, though, of this following the dirt around. And, and I do. I, I, I do it's like that. Funny, it's so funny you say that. It annoys me. To, to no end, when I'm walking down a corridor in a, in a hotel and I see an employee walk by a piece of trash and they don't pick it up, you know, I, I, and, and I, I love the idea that, that you know, one of the things you can coach is pay, pay attention to those kind of details. They're not just in a hotel looking for dirt or, or trash. or it, It's the, the it's concept the detail, yeah. of looking for little things are off that, that, you can, that you can do something about. It's fascinating. Talk about the importance that recognition plays in all of this in terms of coaching and motivating your team. Everybody wants to be recognized. I, I don't think that that's a, you know, there's lots of talk about generations. I don't think that's a millennial thing. I, I believe everybody likes to be recognized. But here's, here's where I draw the line of distinction. Everybody wants to be recognized in a way that they like best. I mean, I'll give you an example. I'm an introvert. I am an off-the-charts introvert. 
the last thing I want is for somebody to stand up in a meeting and recognize me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you can send me a two-line text message that I'll never share with anybody, but, you know, you have to figure out, and I think this is part of the role of a manager, you have to figure out how your team likes to be recognized, each individual member of the team, and deliver it in the way that they want recognition to be delivered. Not in the way that the manager likes to get it delivered, but deliver it in the way that employees want it. So that's interesting. And it's, it's so true. It's because I'm a communicator. I always like to figure out how does somebody like to be communicated with. So it's very, it's very along the same lines of how can I um, mold my experience to fit yours so that we actually have a great relationship. And I think it's the same thing for employee manager, employee leader. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, one of the hotels I worked at in Cincinnati, HR was in the basement. Um, you know, and that's not, that's not a terrible thing. It's not thing. unusual either. No, it's not unusual. <laughs> but HR, the HR department was located in the basement. And my boss... Every morning, he had this serious Starbucks habit. He would come down. You know, his office was located higher up in the, on a higher floor of the hotel. He would come down to the basement. He would walk through the basement, and he would leave through a side door because Starbucks was right across the street. <laughs> and he had, like, this three Starbucks a day habit. So he would do that a couple of times. Well, at some point, I figured out that if I got to work early enough, he would come down by my office. He would see the light on. He would grab me. He'd say, Charlene, let's walk across the street to Starbucks. And this was when I got my quality time with him. Right. You know, so you talk about communicating on another person's level. Um, I got my quality time with him. And I found that if I did that, because my colleagues thought that I was absolutely crazy to go into work that early in the morning. But if I approached him at a different point during the day... The day had gotten away from him. You weren't going to get the quality. I wasn't going to get the same conversation. So, very smart. Figure out, you know, it's not just the dialogue, it's not just the conversation, you know, how you deliver it, but sometimes the when is an equally important part of that. The important message there, I mean, when you were talking about recognition, is I worry, I think there's an increasing understanding that the process of recognition. Uh, is important and, and, and has a real impact. But it can almost be detrimental if you do it the wrong way. There's been a couple of people who have talked about that. The important lesson there from what you were talking about is the, is the act of getting to know your team and learning their idiosyncrasies and, and finding those things out. That and this, that mere process alone changes everything and, 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 and informs how you move forward with this person on any different kind of an interaction especially recognition. It's, just, it's, a, it's baffling to me how many managers don't make that effort. Why is that, why is that so difficult to understand and, and execute? Sometimes I think we put too much pressure on managers. I think we put too much on their plate to where they're so in the weeds yeah. that they don't realize that they need to allocate time or find time on their schedule to do those kinds of things and build relationships with people. You know, uh, during my career, um, I went to work for an airline at one point in time, and the airline I went to work for um, had a, um, you know, a hangar and a conference room and things like that. And one of the first things that I did as a new manager is I asked everybody to attend a meeting and um, in the conference room, and nobody showed up. 
And I thought that I had committed a huge culture faux pas. I had no idea, you know, I mean, I was mortified. And come to find out that over the course of time, I asked managers why they didn't come to the meeting. And they said, because people get fired in that conference room. (laughs) And what they had done is because they were, managers were doing what was convenient for them. If they had good news to deliver, they delivered it in their offices. But if they had bad news to deliver, they delivered it in the conference room because it was easier for them. They were just trying to get the communication out. They were just trying to do things as quickly as possible. So I had to go through the indoctrination process of getting that conference room to be something else than the firing room. And so it was interesting guy would go to my team and say, hey, you know, I'll buy you lunch every Friday if you do one favor for me. And that is you have to eat it in the conference room. And so we would sit in the conference room and we would have conversations (laughs) and get to know each other a little bit better. Um, But managers finally realized that they could do more and, and they had to build that into their schedule. I want to address this a little bit more, um, meeting people at their level. I, uh, years ago, I was in a production. I did theater for years, and um, I'd done a lot of directing, and I was invited to come as a last-minute actor to be in a show that I'd been in before, and they'd had an actor drop out. And the director pulled me aside and said, I'm having trouble with our lead actor. All he wants is recognition. And I said, why, why are you having trouble with that? Well, I don't want to do that. And I said, but that's what he needs. Mm-hmm. You, you know that's what he needs. Why is it hard for you to give that to him? Because that's not what I do. But you're not going to get the best performance from him unless you give him what he needs. So why is, why is it so hard for some managers to, to go into that space where they, they see what an actor or a, an employee needs and give them what they need in order to get the best performance from them? From personal experience, I think some of that is you have to have a high self-awareness quotient to realize that you have to step outside your comfort zone in order to deliver recognition to people in a way that might be a little bit uncomfortable for you. For you, I mean, right. you know, the way that I want to receive recognition isn't the way that everybody else wants to receive it. And it, for me, it means stepping outside my comfort zone to deliver recognition to people in a way that might be a little bit uncomfortable for me, but it'll have a huge impact on them. And so knowing that, I think, is, is incredibly important. And, and I question, does everybody know that? I mean, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll throw the question back to you. I mean, does everybody, you know, really know that they need to step outside their comfort zone and deliver recognition to people in a way that might be uncomfortable for them, but it'll be better for the person you're, you're speaking with? Right. Right. We're running low on time, uh, Charlene, so I, I uh, want to wrap up with this question. Uh, you, I suspect you participate and attend a, a lot of different HR-themed events around the country, probably globally. What is it about Work Human that interests you? It sets it apart a bit from, from other events. A lot of conferences address the, the functions of HR, and I think that those are incredibly important. And when you're thinking about your conference schedules, you should definitely put those in there. But one of the things that I really like about WorkHuman is WorkHuman seems to push that envelope just a little bit and talk about some subjects that if you haven't been thinking about them, maybe you should start. I mean, this is my third WorkHuman conference, and there, there are some things that I really enjoy in terms of... Um, Work Human has been the first to really talk about mindfulness. 
um, as a conference. You know, you're starting to see um, that show up in other places. But Work Human was the first to really do that. Work Human was also the first to really start talking about improv as a business activity. Um, and you're starting to see a little bit more of that. So this is a this is an early adopters conference for HR. Mm. Um, That's a great way to look at it. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yep, yep. All right. Well, Charlene, uh, we're about out of time. Uh, before we let you go, should anyone want to contact you for uh, with any questions or learn about your work or find out more about HR Bartender, how do they do all that? You can do all of that on HR Bartender. Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, HR Bartender. So. All right. Charlene Lauby, the author of HR Bartender. As always, good to see you. Thanks for all you do for the industry. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, the pleasure was ours. All right. That's all the time we have for now. Todd Rand signing off from Phoenix. We'll see you again soon on Work Human Radio. Work Human Radio is brought to you by Globoforce, pioneers of the work human movement. Globoforce helps make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. Learn more by visiting Globoforce.com and join the work human movement by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Work Human Community Forum on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Work Human Radio.